welcome this to Reality Bites. This is Desley Casey and so lovely. And today we're talking about the 2022 federal budget, which has just been handed down by the Treasurer Josh Frydenberg um, by the federal government, which is a Liberal national government. So uh, we're just kind of talking a little bit through this budget. So first off, that Josh starts off his little spiel in We Live in Uncertain Times. Yeah, well, we all know that. Um, but how is he going to deal with it? That's a different story entirely. Anyway, so Sue and I decided we would do a, a little bit of a, a budget review uh, from our perspectives, and please note, we are not uh, financial economists uh, or financial advisors. So we're just talking about it being an ordinary people living our everyday lives here in Australia and what we see of this budget. Now, Josh carried on about unemployment being at 4%, which is the lowest in 38 years. Yeah. And that it's supposedly 2 million Australians are now in work than when they came into government eight years ago. Hmm. So would half, would, of that no. 2 million, would the majority be casual workers? They would definitely be casual workers. And I, they, if, if you work, if you're employed an hour in a week, you come off the, off the figures. So it's not really a true reflection of the figures uh, out there because of the way that they put them together. So, you know, if you do two hours work um, this week, you come off those numbers. But is two hours a week enough employment to actually do anything with? Certainly not. No, that's right. Um, he reckons that the budget is $100 billion better off than in 2021, so their forecasts were a little bit different, and that the deficit... Uh, for 2023 will be 78 billion or 3.4 percent of the GDP which is the gross domestic product and that yeah. will that will have more more in three years time they look yeah. these guys are, are really good at playing with numbers that's what they do mm -hmm. and they adjust that to suit them their own wagon and that's just a given in politics i think they all do it um but is it a true reflection i don't think so not at all um you know we have a huge deficit at the minute uh which isn't going anywhere and and i don't think that this is going to help um this is uh to my mind um this is a really not so well designed budget to try and buy votes. They've written this up in a manner that's going to um, be the cheapest way that they can turn uh, a few people, mainly 
um, lower income people, like there's no mention of increasing wages anywhere. Yeah, and that was actually very interesting. If we go into cost of living relief that they he talked about a little bit at length, um, and he's saying it's really only for the next six months. Yes. So let's let's just have a look at that cost of living. So it's temporary, so it's only for six months. It'll get yep. them through the election yep. as such, even though his point after with one of the uh, interviewers was that, well, they all come in effect from the, you know, 1st of July and, you know, when the election is, is to be held in May. So, hello, he, he, he's saying, but uh, they're little sweeteners. Well, the, the, the actual um, gift of $250 um, comes into effect in April. And the cut in fuel excise also comes in effect in April. Well, actually, it comes, out in, comes, it comes in effect from midnight tonight, Susan. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so the fuel excise, let's take that. for at um, Before tonight's announcement, it was 44.2 cents per litre fuel excise the government oh. took. And from midnight tonight, it's going to be 22.1 cents per litre. So everybody will be running to fill up tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I should have I should have waited a week, shouldn't have I? Yeah, but, yeah. So well, yes, uh, that's going to help temporarily. Yeah. Uh, and I know when I went to the Bowser even two weeks ago, um, and I only have a little Honda Jazz, it cost me something like forty-eight, fifty-eight dollars to fill up the car and I, I already had it was just under half so um yes I'll welcome that but then he's only doing it for six months exactly and that in no way is going to make the meat at the supermarket more affordable or the fruit and veg so really yes we welcome it because any saving we welcome and that will make a, a bit of a difference to how far we drive. But in terms of living expenses, it really is very minimal impact. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. The 420 that they've um, given to workers, um, you know, I mean, again, we're spending, everything's gone up so much that it really isn't going to make a huge bit of difference. The 250 to the pensioners and, you know, people on, on in, income support, yeah, it really, it goes nowhere. I mean, 250 doesn't even half pay your rent for the week. Well, so $250 for the one-off payment yeah. over, over the year works out to be just over $4 a week. Yeah, because I kind of did the calculation there, which is basically a, a less, loaf of bread a week. Really, is it? You're, you're lucky to get a loaf of bread because yeah. some some places bread is five dollars. Yeah, for a loaf, but yeah. you certainly can't get a cup of coffee with it at a cafe. You yeah. know, because it they there's they um predicting that coffee will cost seven dollars a cup. Cup, for a cup of coffee, it'll be $7 uh, very shortly. Yeah, yeah, because they've had a lot of um, 
bad weather and other things that have impacted on the coffee industry. So yeah, that's um, been while spoken of that that's going to go up. But let's talk about this $420 offset. Now, this is for middle-income earners. So basically, you know, for singles, the tax relief will combine with the current one, which they extended last year, uh, which is just over $1,000, um, would be up to $1,500 for single. I'm sorry, I didn't get the... Um, double income earners no. uh, as he was talking but it's going to end at the end of this financial year so they're not ex they're not saying it's $420 now for this year and even say for the next five years which will help people's pay packet at the end of the end of the financial year to a yeah. certain degree yeah, um, they might be able to go and buy uh, a shopping basket full of groceries with four hundred and twenty dollars. Um, but the thing is, it's it's only for this year. The complete tax offset that they have been doing ends, and he's made it clear in the budget speech that it will end after two thousand and twenty-two. So, yeah. so then, if they get back in government, they're either going to have to incorporate it next year's budget yeah or then they're going to have to say well oh geez we are we do write uh, raise taxes in this country uh, as a liberal national party where they claim that it's always labor if we look at the 250 dollars one-off payment to six million australian on Centrelink payments um they're saying the single pension will receive $500 over the next six months. Well, I still can't work out how they're working at that figure because he never really gave what that figure was all about. Oh, he included the $20 um, that we Which got was... in the CPI index. Ah, yes. That's but, what but, you know, I mean... That's a normal CPI. Exactly. Why would you even include that in that? Only other than to make the figures look better for them. So yeah. that they're actually, you know, looking better than they are. Yeah. And, and then, you, then you look at the medicines and he's saying there's 2.4 million Australians with cheaper medicines, but he hasn't put a figure on that. No, there was what? no figure I noticed on um, Lots of at all. No. He, talked to, he mentioned that they've put money, you know, every year that they've been there, they've put money into Medicare and that Medicare is um, a certainty. But in actual fact, there was no figure given for that at all. Or, um, or for the, um, um, the medical benefit scheme, which is a, and the PBS, there were no figures given to that. And no the figures given. In that is that they've put a new drug on the PBS yes. um, for uh, better treatment of breast cancer. So I suppose we, we, sh we say thank you for that because anything that's going to prolong a young mum's life or any mum's life, you mm. know, or, or any woman's life it is a, a good thing and, and we're not going to, you know. Not so back. Other than that. But in terms of what he said about health or anything, he just said some nice words, but 
there were no figures attached to that. So I, I assume that things are going to stay the same. I also <laughs> noticed, I also noticed, Susan, that he didn't mention any figures. He's saying he's increasing the funding for suicide prevention and mental health services. Yeah. Again, was very slack on giving any sort of dollar amount in regards to that. He did so, mention that there was $2.3 billion that they put into mental health and $1.1 billion into domestic violence last year. Um, but he didn't mention a figure for mental health for this year. He did, though, mention $1.3 billion package for domestic violence. Absolutely. That's included, additional. Um, emergency accommodation and all that so really across the country eight states 1.3 billion a woman loses her life every what did he say 11 days did he yeah. every 11 um, days in really isn't going to go far is it no and then when you think about let's look at unemployment and small business for a minute so he reckons that unemployment rate is heading towards a 50-year low. But as we've already pointed out, uh, if you are employed one hour a week, you're then considered to be employed. So he's not saying really that unemployment for full-time work or even decent part-time work yeah. uh, has reached the 50-year low. So, And then he talked about uh, 220 thousand uh, Australians are in trade apprenticeships apprenticeships and that they're going to be putting in 2.8 billion investment to increase the uptake yeah and five thousand dollar payments to new apprentices and fifteen thousand dollars for uh, employers then he talked about 3.7 billion supporting 800,000 training places yeah but what he also said, but didn't put a figure on and didn't say how he was going to do this, I might add, was that he was going to have a range of employment programs for job seekers of all ages, including mature age uh, women in particular, uh, or mature age workers, but particularly mature age women. But again, there was, no, there was very light on detail as yeah. to... Uh, what that really is about. Then if we look at small and family businesses, the, which he reckons is the heart of the economy of Australian businesses, uh, starting tonight, so again, Tuesday the 29th of March, so they're investing in, what, what is that, $100 uh, employers spend in training employees, so they'll receive yep. $100 tax deduction. Yeah, for every $100 spent on training, they get a $120 tax deduction. $120, yes, that's and right. Same for um, uptakes in um, technology. Yes, digital technology. But it's only up to 100 k per year. Yeah. So if, if, if the employer spends $120,000 for the year, he's only going to get the tax break of $120 up to the 100K. Yeah. So that was uh, interesting. There was a rider there, um, which kind of slipped through. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yes uh, that and that sort of thing and then we, if we look at the manufacturing se uh, sectors oh, so yes. he's saying there's new funding to make victoria to manufacture mrna vaccines Yep. and drive collaboration in clean energy, medical supplies and defence, but he didn't say how much. No, he didn't. And I dare say, I think I've heard this um, from Daniel Andrews in the past, that, that that's a plan that Victorian government have in store anyway yep. for Victoria. So whatever the federal government's contribution to, you know, the vaccine, um making and the patent box yeah um and the uh oh, i can't read my own writing but yeah whatever that their contribution to that is he didn't say but again they're taking um something that someone else's idea and claiming credit for it it's so good for that absolutely I think the big winner out of the budget, if there's any big winners, if you could call it that, is the regional investment package uh, in agriculture, infrastructure, and there was something else he mentioned. But yes, they mentioned, uh, what was it, $7.4 billion in regional investment. <coughs> but Desley, when you look at 5.4 billion of that is going to go on one dam. Yeah. That doesn't leave much for the rest of the regions. Yeah. And this dam, now this, I can't tell you um, the name of it. I have read this a hundred million times recently, but the dam that they're um, going to be spending this money on is going to actually need to make $60,000 to run, to actually run even, because it's a shallow dam. It's not going to, um, you know, I think this is a Matt Canavan special. Mm. It's not going to meet what they are um, projecting. And, you know, there goes 5.4 out of the 7.4. So that leaves, What's that two billion for the rest of the regional areas in terms of investment in um, you know other areas like employment, like infrastructure, like you know? Well, according to what I I heard tonight from good old Josh and his little spin machine, there's seventy billion going into bio water security. 2.4 billion into skills in regional areas, school, uh, skills training and expertise. 1.3 yep. billion in telecommunications and regional routes, regional routes, which really will not touch the sides in regional. No, and, and it's just a package, you know, that keeps on giving really because, I mean, Labor had this all priced out years and years and years ago, right? All mm -hmm. the, the telecommunication stuff. And they've blown it out of the out of the water in terms of cost and lack of delivery. So, you know that it and one point three is just not going to do the job. And then there was didn't say again. Okay, there's supposed to be an increased funding for mental health services 
and childcare services in regional and remote Australia. But again, a little price tag didn't come on to that one. So again, no. we don't know what the figures are there. No, and he mentioned the NDIS. Now we all know that the NDIS has been on their chopping block for some time. Mm. But he mentioned and he said, you know, how the NDIS is such a great thing and that they're going to continue to, you know. Fully fund, fully fund for the words he used. But, but no figure was added to that either. Absolutely. Then if you look at his nation infrastructure pipeline, so his nation building project, yep. Yeah, Snowy, the Snowy 2.0 Sydney Airport, and I didn't get the others. So, if you oh. if you want to travel from Brisbane to the Sunshine Coast return or Sydney to Newcastle, um, so they're both at yep. Brisbane, the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Yep. Uh, Two in the Hunter, I believe, fast rail. Yeah, Sydney to Newcastle, yep. New South Wales. Yep. Yeah. Then there was, I did pick up the Great Eastern Drive in Tasmania. So well, yeah, I'm not sure. Again, he didn't put figures on it. No. Uh, but then he said, oh, I love this one. This is one I really love, Sue, living in a regional area. 500 million to local councils. Well, I did a quick Google search. Yeah. There are 537 local councils in Australia. Yeah which equals $931,098 per local council. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got to laugh because I just... Some of those councils are vast areas. Well, just look at the Shoalhaven. We heard from Patricia White exactly. the other day that the Shoalhaven Council, which is the South Coast Council, New South Wales South Coast Council, uh, main council down here, uh, is over 4,000 square kilometres. So I'm, I'm sure they'll appreciate the 931,000, but it's not even going to touch the sides. It's not going to fill your potholes, is it? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> you know, so I'm sorry for laughing, but it, it, it's just a... It's a joke. It, the, the it's true, hilarious, isn't it? The true winner, I think, in this budget... And he made no bones about bashing Labor about it. Yeah. <coughs> is the defence. Yes. And it's if a huge win for defence. Now, that's great if we're going to, you know, if we're going to go in, into war. Now, I'd rather not, thanks, go into war <coughs> or subject any of my family and friends to that. Yes, we do need to spend more on our um, defence. No argument from me there. And I believe in today's climate, we do need to increase our defence force. But at the, at the rate that he has, um, you know, this is just huge amount of, of um, dollars on, um, on the defence. But most of it, so if you have a look at, and I've brought it up on the screen now, 37,000 for veterans and families for home care services, A, is not going to touch the sides. No. The $270 billion to support 100,000 jobs is over 10 years. It's not over, yeah. you know, it, not even the, the term of the government. 
there's 38 billion to expand the defense force that workforce that you were talking about but then there's 9.9 billion again over 10 years in cyber offensive and defensive capabilities yeah yeah so when you when you when you look at it sue um most of this is not going to touch the sides anyway maybe the expansion of the defence workforce and how many defenders we have, yeah, uh, maybe. But the rest of it either isn't going to touch the sides or it's over 10 years anyway. So, yeah. but one I want to go back to um, is he talked about female unemployment and you were talking about the NDIS. And he was saying it will always be fully funded, but he doesn't say he doesn't put a figure amount on that. No. And then he goes on about aged care, what he did in 2021. Yeah. And, and now more. And there'll be 40k, 40,000 for home care packages, which again will not touch the sides, yeah. considering we have an aging population and 70 in personal care services again is not going to touch the sides yeah and then he then he wants to put 340 million to invest in pharmacy services and aged care facilities yeah so um the only thing here is when you find it is is that the he's expanded the eligibility for paid uh leave for yes. paid parental leave Yes. So now single parents who have never been able to access it before can now access it up yes. to the full 20 weeks. Yes. So that's a and small I, that's a small win. Yes. Um, and yes. then he wants yes. to put $2.6 million worth of measures to support women's health, but didn't actually say what that actually meant from no. what I could work out. No, there isn't. You know, there's there's really like not a lot in his budget at all for, I mean, there's, you know, 636 million um, for Indigenous ranges. Oh, yes. Yes, I saw that. That was with the environment one. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's a good thing, I guess. I don't know what that was before. Yeah. $180 billion into education. Well, that's not going to go anywhere either. Our education system is so far behind because mm. so much of the fun public funding has been going into private education that really 180 billion just isn't isn't but that's scratching the tip of the iceberg, really. Yeah, there's one thing I do want to pick up, <coughs> which we were talking about um, much earlier. It's about home ownership. Yeah, I was just going to go into that. Yeah. So, Latest idea. So, yeah. They're so, not bad, are they? So, in 2021, 160,000 people purchased their own home. He's increasing the uh, package to 50,000 places per year from the 10,000. Yep. Single, single parents. Now, this is the interesting thing about this, and I'll go back to a different slide. <laughs> when we've gone through this one, um, single parents can access their 2% deposit with the government picking up the other 18% guarantee. Yeah. 
and 5% uh, deposit for first home buyers, which he has extended to people who haven't owned their own home for about five years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and so they don't have to pay mortgage lenders experience yeah. insurance. And then he's got 2 billion national home building plan, which yeah. I assume is what all this is about. Yeah. And that's at 180 billion. But, and the new regional scholarships for Aboriginal uh, student, regional scholarships and also Aboriginal students. But if we go back to an earlier slide, the 2% deposit is for single parents earning under 125,000 yeah. a year. So if you happen to be a single parent that solely relies on the single parenting payment, you do not qualify for this 2% home deposit. No, by a long margin, no. By a long margin. No. Uh, the, you family home guarantee will support up to 10,000 single parents, but it's only for those there. It does nothing for anyone who's on a Centrelink payment. No. No. And when you consider there's 1.1 million single parents in Australia, you know, there's a fair portion of that. And 76, over 76% uh, single parent, where the female is a single parent, uh, yep. single parent household, um, it's not going to do a lot for them. No, not at all. And... You know, again, it goes back to there's really not a lot in this for women. I mean, no. you know, this was an opportunity for the Liberal Party to, because let's face it, they have gone out of their way to offend the women population of this country. Mm. They have shown total disrespect and disregard for the women of this country. And this was their opportunity to actually right a few wrongs if, if you know, for lack of a better word. And they really haven't done that at all. They have, you know, tokenistic amounts into uh, domestic violence, no number on uh, mental health. And, you know, the home ownership, well, you know, it, it doesn't unless you're on 120 a year. Well, let's break it down even further, Sue, because I did a little bit of a breakdown of the 2% deposit. The purchase price of the property is 750k. The person nope. still has to come up with 15,000k. Nope. 13,000k if it's 650,000. Yep. 17k if it's 850,000. And 19k if it's 950,000. So that's yep. just gives you a bit of an indication. So then what I did was I did a bit of a Google search on the median house prices in some of the Australian capital cities. Yeah. Well, the median house price in Sydney is 1,601,467. Yeah. Okay, so if try and find a 2% deposit on 1,600,000, we're looking at some pretty big bickies there. We are, yeah. And this is for, you know, particularly single parents, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, then you look at Melbourne, it's 1,101,000, bloody blah. Brisbane is 792,000. So you're looking there at around, okay, uh, 15,000 there for Brisbane. 
Adelaide is around about the same. Just, but then I looked at the median house price in Tasmania. Hobart is 960,000, which is higher than the Tasmania's median house price of 530,000. Yeah. And then I looked at Perth and I, I got a whole list of Perth suburbs. But breaking it down, Perth suburbs range from 227 thousand to 2.2 million yeah so um unless you if you if you want to live in a city i you think it's a, you haven't got any hope no you haven't got well, a hope. look it's all great that they're um putting some money into region like you know that housing uh extra 30 thousand for if you're in the regional Australia for home buyers. Mm. But if you don't have the work in regional Australia, you know, it doesn't Can't matter service the loan. 60,000. Yeah. If you yeah. don't have work, you're not going to service the loan. Therefore, you know, what's the point of it? So again, there's no realistic um, or real addressing of anything that I mean we've had a pretty tough four years Australians well we've had a pretty tough decade actually under the um, Liberal government there's no absolutely zero um, mention of wage increase or you know tax relief to to um, apart from that 420 to somehow help out the working Australians who, you know, now are working too. Some even have three jobs to be able to put food on the table and pay their rent. Nothing in a, at a time when our um, housing is a crisis point <coughs> and our rents at a crisis level, that, you know, there's been nothing, you know, mentioned about alleviating that in any way. Um, you know, people's more than 30% um, of their incomes are going in rents alone. Mm. And, and see, this is it. And then when you look at, I, I listened to uh, a couple of analysts directly after the budget, and they described it as a muted spending spurge to try and win over voters. And that's all it is. That's all I see it as. Like I said, the only um, winner in this is um, our <clears throat> um, defence. Um, and, and really and some regional areas. And some regional areas. But even that is, um, I think, would be subject to uh, lots of different mm. scrutinisation. Um, this government is not known for um, doing any kindnesses to any. Well, the, the, the thing that I find too is, is that with the cost of living, as you're talking about, it's very targeted to get people through, as these analysts described, through the next six months. But what happens after that? Well, they're either looking at that in two ways. Either they're not going to be there, therefore it's not their problem, or 
Shit, we'll have to revisit this in six months' time. Yeah. And then they're, they're already predicting that interest rates are going up in the middle of 2022 and continue for the next two to four years. Yep. So, again, you know, six months is not going to no. cut it. But also, as you said, it's showing a t the budget papers are showing a tight. Now, these analysts have read the full budget. Yeah. You know, they've been in budget lockdown and they've gone through it with a fine-tooth comb. We're just giving you some of the commentary yeah, yeah. Um, and that sort of thing. We haven't actually looked at the full budget papers, but wages growth is not increasing and that's a clear one and it's showing a tight... So for all their fanfare about unemployment going down, it's showing a tight labour market. Yeah. And so... Consequently, um, they've got $20 billion of regional infrastructure and their spending is 27.2% spending of the GDP. Yeah. Of the gross national product. Yeah. Now, now, excuse me for a minute, Desley, but geez, I'm over this rubbish. I mean, they flog Labor uphill down Dale about their spending. At 25.25, yes. <laughs> during during a financial, global financial crisis, which, by the way, we came out on top because mm. of that spending. We came out on top of all, all the financial crisis. Um, this lot have just spent, 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 spent. But... <coughs> Unlike with Labor, we have absolutely zero to show for all that spending. And I think that that's the takeaway message here is, yeah, you can spend, but, you know, who's it going to benefit over what period of time? And right now, Australia, in my, my mind, is suffering. All Australians are suffering. Um, and the lower down the earning pole you are, the more suffering you're doing. And this doesn't address any of those issues. And Well, it's a temporary Band-Aid quick fix. Yeah. Actually, uh, regardless of how you want to look at it, they're trying to get through an election cycle. Yeah. They've got to call the election. There's pundits who are saying they'll be calling it either the end of this week or next week. Yep. Uh, for, you know, because they have to call it, what, six weeks in advance because they've got to go into caretaker government. Yep. Uh, and that, so it's really, and I think Labor will accept the budget. Um, I think Albo will come out with a few, it'll be interesting to hear uh, Albo's speech on Thursday night. Yep. As his budget I'll have to record it because I have to go to work yeah. that evening. But anyway, but it'll be interesting to hear that. But they're not going to knock back giving people these no, well, they never more benefits and that, no. and that. But the problem is, is that this is a, a Band-Aid quick fix budget to yep. try and say, Oh, yes, we understand the cost of living. No, they don't. But they clearly don't because if you really wanted to put in measures, you'd be putting in cost of living measures for the long term, not for six months. Yeah. 
Because yeah, we're not going to go away in six months' time. That's exactly right. If, if anything, the cost of living could be even higher in six months' time, depending on what happens all around the countryside, you know, not yeah, even globally, just but globally. Yeah. So in that sort of respect, it's not going to go away in six months. No. Uh, as to whether the fuel excise is really passed on to consumers at the Bowser, that will be a very interesting take. I'll, I'll be very interested to see. Now, they have warned that it may take a week or two to filter through to the Bowser, yeah. even though it is effective from midnight to night, yeah. because the uh, petrol stations have already bought petrol wholesale at the higher price. Yeah. Now, that to me is code for, um, well, because this is supposed to be government tax excise. Yeah, that's right. So why is it? Why are they worrying about how much it's going to cost at the Bowser? Exactly. When it's tax excise. Yeah. So it, it, you know, and they're already warning that. So that to me is code for, oh, petrol stations, you've got a little bit of leeway here, um, and you know, if you don't really feel like passing on the twenty-two point one cents a litre. You don't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. At least for a couple of weeks anyway. And yeah. that that's BS. Yeah, look, the whole thing to my mind is BS. They have put a Band-Aid on an open wound. It is bleeding all over the show and the Band-Aid just doesn't cover it. Yeah. And on that note, this is Desley Casey and... Sue Pavley. Saying thank you for watching and listening to our little budget uh, wrap up. Um, be kind you, to each other. Yes, be kind to each other. Just remember this government, uh, I would say, is giving a little bit of spin. There's a lot of detail that maybe it won't come out.